It's Tuesday, November 24th, 2020, and you're listening to America's newest number one side dish to accompany your usual plate of conservative podcasts. This is Steak for Breakfast. Smokey, this is not Nam. This is bowling. There are rules. Today, Junior! America! Steak. For breakfast! So stand by! All right, this episode is brought to you by Stay Ready Gear USA if you're into concealed carry. Um, EDC carry, tourniquet holders, um, everyday carry trays, uh, anything like that, visit Stay Ready Gear USA. Um, their website is stayreadygear.com. Their Instagram handle is stayreadygearusa, all one word. And um, you can use the code stake at checkout, and it'll save you 5%. So um, support them. They're a big supporter of law enforcement of the show. And... Um, they make great stuff. I have a couple of their holsters. Can uh, swear by them. And uh, today we have Roan, myself. We have Dakota um, remotely talking in. And um, yeah, we're gonna go around and say what we're thankful for. Um, have some positivity to the craziness um, from the last seems like year now. Good luck. So um, I'm thankful for my family. I got a newborn at home so i got three little ones i'm thankful that everyone's healthy thankful for my home um despite the state of our current uh our country definitely thankful to be living in america and not some third world dump um so yeah I'm, i have a lot to be thankful for but that could be a whole nother episode in itself so i'll pass the torch on to roan possible thankful episode i like that um i'm gonna stay on the same uh pulse of what you hit I think it's hard to be uh, thankful for anything in this day and age without giving thanks to your family. Um, I think one of the largest reasons that we're all able to get here and, and, and do the things that we're passionate about is because we have the support of our family. You know, I have, uh, I'm married and uh, I have two children, two dogs, and, uh, you know, really thankful for them. Thankful for my gainful employment-ness. Yep. Yeah, and the fact that we all have jobs that'll... Uh, allow us to not only do the things we love, but provide for and support our families. And uh, 100%. Again, got to be thankful for this country, even though, uh, you know, the last nine months have been a good test of wills in regards (laughs) to things to be thankful for and not here. It's hard to uh, not be able to appreciate the fact that you could still go out and, uh, you know, voice your opinion and and stay strong in the uh, fact that we live in the greatest nation in the history of the world. Yep. I got to throw in my wife, too, because she supports me in all the crazy ideas that I have, like this go. podcast. So she's not... And your backyard right now. Yeah, she... Uh, every time I come up with some crazy idea or plan or side hustle or hobby, she's always 100% supportive. I don't think she listens to this, but if she does, I, I think I just got brownie points. Oh, nice. There you go. So that always helps. That would have been an excellent wrong. <laughs> Fake news. Dakota, what do you got? Uh, thankful that everyone in my family is healthy, especially because my dad had two brain surgeries this year. Nice. Uh, you know, last year was probably the hardest year of my life. I had like three family members die. So uh, just, you know, thankful they're still breathing this year, especially with COVID, you know? Exactly. Yeah, it's tough. Well, let's get right into it. Um, recapping off of last week, uh, last Friday, uh, the Trump team had a huge press conference. Uh, Rudy, Jenna Ellis, Sidney Powell, and DeGeneva 
uh, took to the stage in Washington, D.C. And, and basically outlined their multiple prong attack for uh, taking on a lot of the uh, inconsistencies, criminalities, and, and voter fraud that went on in the uh, 2020 presidential election. Um, we got a lot of states that are, you know, continuing to certify their their votes. But at the end of the day, I think the, the big thing is right now where we're at is how many of those votes that were cast were actually legal? How many of those votes were cast within the guidelines of the Constitution um, in regards to, uh, you know, everybody's vote being able to count and everybody's vote meaning something when you have so many of the um, democratically ran states at the uh, state legislative level going and making some uh, adjustments and tailorments to their uh, voter guidelines heading up into the weeks, months, and years into the election. And uh, they had a pretty compelling case. Um, I think right now, one of the big things taken away is uh, Anyone who understands law and practicing law and, you know, things of that nature, you can't really reveal your hand before. Um, before you take it to court. Yeah. You, you can't. And that was that was one of the big takeaways. And we'll get into that a little bit later. There was a complete media meltdown following. Um, we, we have some uh, clips from that. And... Uh, Let's check it out. First one up is going to be Rudy, and he's going to be outlining some of the things that, that they're covering, uh, you know, in regards to uh, the Trump legal cases moving forward. Uh, clip one. Voter fraud in one state. This pattern repeats itself in a number of states. Almost exactly the same pattern. When it's being, when it's being counted, almost invariably in the United States, up until the mass cheating that went on in this election, a Republican and a Democrat inspector, as well as others, if there are other parties, is allowed to watch the unsealing of this ballot. That could have been Mickey Mouse. That could have been a dead person. That could have been not filled out properly. That could have been the same person 30 times. That could have been, and all these things have happened, by the way. So, for example, the recount being done in Georgia will tell us nothing because these fraudulent ballots will just be counted again. Mm -hmm. Did you all watch My Cousin Vinny? Did, you know the movie? It's one of my favorite uh, law movies because he comes from Brooklyn. And uh, when the, the nice lady who said she saw, and then he, uh, he says to her, how many f fingers do I, how many fingers do I got up? And she says, uh, three. Well, she was too far away to see it was only two. These people were further away than my cousin Vinny. I can't give you all these affidavits because if I do, these people will be harassed. Yep. They'll be threatened. They may lose their job. We have a hundred more of these. I can't show them to you because those people don't want to be harassed. They don't want to be have their lives torn apart mm. by the goons on the other side. I think the logical conclusion is this is a common plan, a common scheme comes right directly from the Democrat Party and it comes from the candidate. What? And there we go. That's Rudy opening it up and basically pointing out some vague uh, but definitely legitimate claims in regards to some of the inconsistencies and, uh, you know, misplays that went on during the 
2020 election. Yeah, and just to encourage <clears throat> like our listeners and people that are, I see a lot of people kind of giving up that the idea that Trump could still hold office for the next four years. What um, Mayor Giuliani said is huge that he can't divulge all the stuff that they have. That that press conference is more of like a kind of like a um, encouragement to us, basically saying they're working on it. There's legitimate evidence of voter fraud. They can't tell you all of it because it's it's too early. And and all these affidavits they have are serious. An affidavit is a very serious document. It's a it's a very um, binding. Bind. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. Binding. So, you know, the fact that all these recounts are still in favor of Biden isn't proof that there wasn't voter fraud. It's proof that they're just recounting the same crap that was counted the first time. Right. So. And, uh, and we have to have faith in the parties at hand that they're going to do their do do do, blah, do their due diligence to seek this thing um, to the furthest extent. And and you couldn't have a better team working on this, right? A lot, so a lot of legal experience. Yeah, and and you know it can get discouraging. I, I had to turn the news off, all outlets, because I was just getting frustrated of how many people quickly turned a dime onto Trump and kind of out of them and stopped fighting for him. Mm-hmm. And then you realize. The people that we need to look for hope in this sense are in control. They're doing their thing, and they're not giving up. Trump hasn't given up. Um, there's legitimate fraud. We don't know the extent to it. We can kind of piece together our idea of what it is, but at the end of the day, the people that need to be handling it are handling it. Mm-hmm. Dakota, what do you think about laying out the uh, the start of the... Um you know, because they, they, they got into it a little bit before uh, they actually took the stage. The Trump campaign had only filed, I believe, three cases at the state level before that press conference. Um, there was a lot of stuff going on in the media last week where they were saying Trump was losing left and right in court and all of these cases were getting thrown out. And, and Rudy had to go back and and, and backtrack that narrative a little bit and say, you know, those are not the Trump campaign. Those are people at the state level, some publicly, some privately that are filing in regards to those inconsistencies, but it had nothing to do with the actual campaign in regards to what their legal stance is and and where they're going in regards to, uh, you know, legal strategy. Well, I think one of the problems is that it, it may not be like a huge thing, like super widespread of voter fraud in like specific areas. But if you can get get it spread to a small group in within counties that do separate, you know, polling stations where they where they count the votes, then it's easier to have the widespread voter fraud that they've been bringing up. But it's not going to all come from one specific area. It's going to be all these little places doing. 100 votes here, 10 votes there, and then all that shit's going to eventually pile up. So it's hard to for them to pinpoint, and then if they go on file in an area and it's not the correct, like, county or territory in that state, that's when those cases are getting thrown out as well. Exactly. So, yeah, I did see one of those last week where they were talking about uh, there was one of the cases that got dismissed. It was by a local law firm. And they were talking about one of the counties, and they had said that they had brought in some of the complaints from 
across the state line, which basically threw out the case. So, I mean, at that level, I think that, um, you know, those battles are going to be hit or miss, but I think more at the federal level and going all the way up to the Supreme Court, I, I think that's the ones where you're going to be able to see us really starting to notch off victories uh, in the next week here. Uh, yeah, and the more they keep doing these recounts, like Giuliani said, it, it's just going to reiterate the initial results, which we know are fraudulent, and that's not the point, is we don't need recounts. We need cases to go to the Supreme Court. And that's where all these lawyers and Trump's legal team is going to shine because they're not the ones doing the recount every single ballot. Nope, nope. They're worried about the bigger picture to where, you know, they're going to take this all to the highest appellate court that we have. Right. And it's going to see the light of day. It can't not. I mean, it's already in the work. So, again, to encourage people that have kind of thrown the towel, and I've seen it a lot on social media that people are kind of conceding for Trump and... Um, it's not the case. There's still a lot of fight left. Yeah. And um, we're not going to win this fight by all these simple recounts. Oh, we're getting a hand recount in Georgia. Or it, that's not the point of this. The point is you can recount all you want. We don't care about that. We're going to take it to the Supreme Court, and that's where the legitimate overturn of all these states and electoral college is going to take place. It's not going to take place doing hand recounts because it's just they're going to recount the same votes that they had all those corrupt ballots are already in hand exactly so they're just going to be recycled through the account nothing's going to change as far as results so as these recounts happen don't get discouraged keep your head up because that's not what we're that's not all where all of our eggs are at our eggs are in the basket of taking this to the supreme court and letting it ride out from there Sidney powell was up next um at the press conference Sidney powell Sidney powell and she was of course, bringing the fire as usual. Here's clip two. We are really dealing with here and uncovering more by the day is the massive influence of communist money through Venezuela, Cuba, and likely China and the interference with our elections here in the United States. The Dominion voting systems, the Smartmatic technology software, and the software that goes in other computerized voting systems here as well, not just Dominion, were created in Venezuela at the direction of Hugo Chavez. It can set and run an algorithm that probably ran all over the country to take a certain percentage of votes from President Trump and flip them to President Biden, which we might never have uncovered had the votes for President Trump not been so overwhelming in so many of these states that it broke the algorithm that had been plugged into the system. And that's what caused them to have to shut down in the states they shut down in. That's when they came in the back door with all the mail-in mail-in ballots this is that's crazy so basically what she's saying is there wasn't just one plan for the democrats to steal this election they had a backup plan right and that's where the mail-in ballot so their mail-in ballot wasn't even the first tier of fraud no that was almost a backup plan so you got to think we're we're not dealing with liberal people that are just trying to skew this election like this is a legitimate kind of operation going to where and, and you can get into the conspiracy, and I'm a bit of a conspiracy theorist myself, but you Same think here. about the totality of circumstances when it comes to them pushing the coronavirus to the point where it's going to force mail-in ballot as a backup plan for when this Dominion and Smartmatic software failed. Un unsolicited mail-in ballots. 
Wrong. Hmm. <laughs> it's where's the fake news? You button? are fake news. There, there you go. It's this just whole, this whole fucking election has been fake news. And and the the and shame on people that are Trump supporters that have given up. Yep. And shame on Fox News for throwing in the towel to Trump and turning turning their back on him because. You know what's going to happen is if this whole thing sees a light of day and Trump gets reelected, he's going to crap on Fox News for the next four years because they turned their backs on him the night of the election. Oh, he's been crapping on them. And everybody, even Tucker Carlson, which broke my heart because I loved his segment. I loved his show and seeing him kind of take allegiance to the Fox News and, and mainstream media versus his virtues was kind of heartbreaking. Yeah, he definitely got his leash pulled in the last two weeks. I was I was sad to see because he was, he was literally part of the— you know, him and Hannity were the only segments I really watched on Fox, and now it's like, uh, it's just heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah it's, it's really a shame. And getting back, so we can break these two parts down real quick, you know, some of the things that Rudy have been talking about, you, you've had every conservative speaker basically across every facet of multimedia from, like Nick just referenced, Tucker Carlson, all the way down to the podcast community like Charlie Kirk and Steven Crowder basically acquiring and QCing voter rolls and coming up with thousands of people who are dead who voted in this election. There's almost a 1,200% increase in people who voted in this election, especially in those four states that we've been talking about for the last couple weeks, Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Georgia, who have birthdays of 1-1-1900 or <laughs> unverifiable because they're so old, it's you ridiculous. You are fake news. Yeah, exactly. This is, this is exactly what, you know, we're dealing with. And, and although it might not be so widespread that it's overwhelming to everyone, there's been a ridiculous repression from the media um, on both sides. You know, like like Nick said, Fox News all the way down to the— the usual band of morons like CNN and, <laughs> MSNBC. and those, yeah, just shutting it down. But but the thing is, is that it's it's true. It's it's factual. They were able to change the laws and adjust them and make verifying these things uh, a lot harder because they've been going on for so long. I mean, some of these issues with um, the voter inconsistencies in some of these swing states that are uh, being contested by the Trump campaign right now. I, I've gone back and done some research. There's articles from 2016 and 2018 mm -hmm. and, and some of the earlier uh, local uh, races in 2020 where you see a lot of people on, on the left. You know, last week we talked about Elizabeth Warren and Amy Klobuchar were complaining about Dominion and Smartmatic last year in Congress, saying that it's it's unverifiable, it's open to cyber attacks and, and, and you know, it, it's not it's not good software. So <clears throat> definitely a split between the first two people uh, at the Trump press conference, Rudy and uh, Sidney Powell. Um, they're definitely going in two different directions in regards to um, legal strategy, and that was clarified over the weekend. We'll get into that in a bit. But uh, we got one more soundbite from that press conference, and that's Jenna Ellis. She also came up and, uh, you know, she kind of brought it all home for everybody to— uh, you know, kind of get an idea of where they're going right now. And then clip three. Opening statement. This is something where we have told you what the evidence will show, and we have given you a brief description. That happens in a courtroom all the time, where that's not the fact-finding process. That is just an overview. 
I know this is a lot of information that we've given you, uh, probably because we're frustrated with what we keep reading and hearing in the censored press, which is that we have no evidence, we have no specifics, we have no backup of what we're saying, and you largely ignore the affidavits that are filed. Whether you agree or disagree with an affidavit, it's evidence. If I were the government, like I used to be, they'd probably be a lot of people arrested by now. I gotta take this. And so that's that. Um, we, uh, Rudy kind of wrapped it up, and uh, much to the mainstream media's dismay, we had, uh, you know, them kind of lay out the foundations of what their legal avenues are, what they see as winnable, um, you know, strategic points there in regards to uh, really hitting some of those states like Pennsylvania and the, the legislation that was kind of forced through to, uh, you know, adjust the voter laws and uh, the amount of people who are unverifiable whether they're too old, too dead, or don't live in that state. And, um, yeah. you know, a lot of uh, some of the other consistencies that are going on right now, like the uh, mail-in and absentee ballots that were separated from their uh, envelopes to where we can, uh, you know, not verify the signatures, the um, postal markings, or yeah. both. And uh, they went into the weekend right there, you know, much to the uh, dismay of the mainstream media. They, they were very unhappy with, uh, you know, the um, premise of that uh, press conference. And uh, they didn't uh, really feel like the Trump campaign laid out any kind of legitimate argument for uh, turning over what they're calling and basically forcing down our throats a huge, you know, victory in the um, presidential election. Okay, and some of those things that were, uh, you know, outlined in the um, press conference, we'll get into a little bit more. We have some additional audio from uh, Sidney Powell talking about uh, the voter dumps that we've outlined on this show in regards to everything shutting down uh, at some point in the middle of the night in those four huge swing states where Donald Trump had what seemed to be an insurmountable lead. And, um, you know, uh, Rudy Giuliani talking about overvoting or, uh, you know, for those who aren't familiar with the term, when your voter rolls and the percentages of people voting don't really match uh, the amount of registered voters in the voter district. So we'll take it here, clip four. of different numbers of votes being injected into the system, the same identical, unique six-digit number multiple times in at least two states that we've analyzed so far, and I'm talking about like 341,542 votes for Biden and 100,012 for Trump. Um, there's no explanation, no logical explanation for the same numbers being injected 20 minutes apart into the machine. The software manual itself, you can download it from the internet, and I would encourage you all to read it because it specifically advertises some of these things as features of the system. Why it was ever allowed into this country is beyond my comprehension. 
And so. And then Rudy. That's crazy. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's, it's unfortunate, you know, and, and there was some clarification of that over the weekend. The mainstream media went out and tried to debunk this Smartmatic thing almost as fast as possible. But let's look into some of the facts that have happened with Smartmatic and, and, and Dominion Softwares um, since the Trump legal team has gone and uh, put them into the spotlight. They've shut down two of their U.S. offices and shut down one of their offices in Toronto, Canada. Um, completely boarded up, emptied. And, and, you know, they're just empty buildings now. That's fact. Um, there's almost 130 employees for Dominion that have gone and scrubbed their LinkedIn profiles, basically trying to erase any kind of connection that they've had either with the firm, the software, and the company. And then they've doxed one of the, um, you know, original uh, designers of the... Uh, Dominion Systems, Eric Coomer, and, you know, not only is he a hardline anti-Trumper, uh, you know, against the police, I mean, he pretty much hates this country. Uh, he, they've, they've showed some of his tweets and, and Facebook posts from over the last couple years where he's talked about, you know, fuck the police, this, that, and the other thing, and, you know, fuck Donald Trump and this country, burn the whole thing down, and it's gotten to the point to where, uh, you know, the mainstream media is going out and saying that the Trump campaign is making all of these wild accusations in regards to Dominion and, and, and the software um, products that get ran with these voter systems, but more and more evidence is starting to pour in. Uh, in regards to, um, you know, a lot of that stuff maybe being fact. Another thing is, um, CNN got out of ahead of everybody initially and talked about Sidney Powell uh, accusing Dominion of, you know, um, being a Venezuelan product made for and used in their election. Right. However, it was pretty funny to see um, some of the conservative talk shows this weekend showed and broke down the CNN article where, although they claimed um, the guys who created this machine, this voter system, were U.S. nationals, they were of Venezuelan, um, you know, descent. And not only that, but, uh, you know... Um, these these uh, people who sat on the board of directors of these companies uh, were in fact tied to um, George Soros nonprofit organizations. George Soros. Yeah, exactly. That <clears throat> name just keeps coming up, and, and and you could you could probably speculate that no one uh, is more delighted than he is right now at the shit that's going on in the United States. I mean, this is this is one step towards... How did that dude make... Like, how does he... How does he control everything? Which is not a conspiracy. That guy legitimately controls, like, everything. Yeah, he's got his he's got his dirty, dirty hands and even dirtier money in a, in a lot of things all over the world. I mean, I, I, I just don't under, understand it either. Uh, I know he's a, you know, massive globalist. He wants a one-world everything. Because he'll be in charge. Right. That guy pulls the strings on everything. Trickle-down effect where the poor gets poor. There's no middle class, and 
and basically the ruling class of the world runs the whole show. Which he's damn near close if this thing goes south. Yeah, this is this is getting pretty... Uh, this is like the building block of him taking over. This is getting pretty serious well, now. Did you guys hear... You guys hear that the Floyd County, which is city in Georgia, their uh, let's see what's it called. Their election director was fired after thousands of uncounted ballots were found during the audit process. That was the first audit, and then Chief Clerk of Elections Robert Brandy was terminated afterwards. Well, the thing is, last week they made a big stink about there being no such thing as. You know, the vote total is changing in regard to the audit that was going to happen in Georgia. And we get through the first couple of days, and it seemed like every time you turn on the television, there'd be another hard, or um, like a flash drive that was found that had a certain amount of votes on it. Let's just say 10,000. And two thirds of those ballots would be for Donald Trump. And it wasn't in just one instance, it was in multiple. And it really put them under the spotlight. You know, the guys out in Georgia, um, Governor Kemp and Secretary of State Raffensperger, they're just looking terrible right now. I mean, they used to make a joke about how Stacey Abrams never conceded the, uh, you know, the midterm governor's election. And and two years out, she still considers herself the governor. Well, (laughs) I mean, I don't think anything could be further from the truth right now because she's running that state. They're getting everything they want in regards to... uh, you know, how the recounts and the audits are going, not verifying anything, mm-hmm. and, and they keep finding inconsistencies there. Uh, there was some, there was a big uh, tell in, in Georgia this weekend in regards to uh, Lynn Wood, one of the independent lawyers working on behalf of the Trump campaign, not directly with the Trump legal team, but we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later. But yeah, I mean, everywhere you look, you know, and it's just like what well, we've always talked about Donald Trump. They always say they got him until they don't got him. You know, they, they keep saying they have this election, and at some point they might not have it uh, with the way with the way things are going right now. It's just, um, you know, things keep coming up every day that goes by, and, and, and the only thing that's stayed consistent so far is that the mainstream media has tried to, you know, ram this down our throats that we just need to accept the fact that Joe Biden is our next president and he was democratically, you know, and overwhelmingly elected, and that's just that's just not the case, and, and it still isn't the case. Oh, man, this is so much chaos. It's so much fraud. Like, there's just so much like to unpack with this election, and there's probably ways that voter fraud was committed that we'll never even figure out mm-hmm. this round. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's probably things that the Democrats have pulled off that they're going to get away with that can be undetected and you know in in all honesty the only way this could ever be fixed would be voter id to vote in person which we talked about last week on the show that tj tijuana mexico literally the country that you can shove crack up your butt and inject it on the street and nobody's gonna say anything they don't enforce anything one law they do enforce is voter id which is ridiculous because Mexico is probably one of the most politically corrupt countries ever, ever, and they still want voter ID. And in the U.S., like, I don't, I don't get, off, I don't get where people get off by saying voter ID is a racist yep. concept. It, it's not, or repressive against low-income communities. It's, it's literally not. If you, if you look at it from my standpoint, 
If you could make it to where it's maybe not cost effective, but cost effective, but at some point just maybe factored into taxes, which a lot of um, lower sub demographics well, so don't usually about, want to <laughs> about the tax thing. About the tax thing before, I'm gonna cut you off. Go ahead. The twenty fourth amendment of the US Constitution prohibits a tax for voter ID or because it's a poll tax on the US citizens. But you can get a voter ID in 14 of the U.S. states. And it was allowed to stand by the Supreme Court. And a lot of them do use it. Just not here in California where we're at. California. Well, that's a nice contribution there, Dakota. I like it. Coming in with the facts. Right? Hashtag facts. So, as you could probably already speculate... The mainstream media and all your favorite re-kids out there had a fucking absolute meltdown after that press conference because regardless of what they try to tell you 24-7 in regards to Joe Biden, the office of the president-elect, his transition team, and all of the douchebag Obama retreads that he's bringing in on his transition team, how dare the Trump campaign and Donald Trump come out there and accuse them of not only stealing the election, but stealing it um, in a criminal fashion. So uh, good old Anderson Cooper had a complete meltdown this weekend uh, following the... Um, I hate that guy. Who doesn't... Who likes him? That's the thing. People that watch CNN religiously. Yeah, exactly. So all the Orange Man bad crew. But let's hear him reeing a little bit uh, as he tries to take down Rudy Giuliani. Hey, did you see the press conference? The train wreck with Rudy Giuliani and with the sweat and the hair dye dripping, like he was the, 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 the conductor of this train wreck. I mean, if you thought they couldn't top the Michigas at the press conference at the Four Seasons landscaping parking lot next to the, you know, the porn place, they took this one to 11. It was next level. Take a look. Rudy Giuliani, there he is. I mean, we got to talk about Giuliani. Can the producers from Intervention please get in touch with his people and set something up? Legendary New York uh, New York columnist Jimmy Breslin once described Giuliani as a small man in search of a balcony. Now he's just a hot mess. The man once described as America's mayor appeared sweating with newly applied black hair dye rolling down his face. It wasn't a press conference. It was a clown show without any actual meaning or reality. Did you all watch my cousin Vinny? You know the movie? It's one of my favorite uh, war movies. See, I didn't come back to this one part. We'll talk about it. And uh, when the the nice lady who said she saw, and then he he says to her, how many fingers do I, how many fingers do I got up? And she says, uh, three. Well, she was too far away to see it was only two. Well, if you've never seen Mike Cousin Vinny, you're probably a terrorist, first of all. Anderson Cousin Vinny is staring at the the camera. (sighs) Efforts. That's who's in charge. Only the best. Rudy Giuliani, he's alluding to a complaint among several about observers being kept too far from the counting, which the Pennsylvania Supreme Court rejected two days ago. Now, here he is, having started off talking about a case in Michigan, which has already been rejected by the state's court of appeals, drifting into a baseless allegation about voting in Philadelphia. If you lived in Philadelphia, unless you're stunad, that's an Italian expression for stupid. Unless you're stupid, you knew that a lot of people were coming over from Camden to vote. They do every year. 
happens all the time in Philly. It's about as frequent as getting beaten up at a Philadelphia Eagle basketball uh, football game. <laughs> which, which is very <laughs> I was common. Say, that's I part mean, of the price hot. of admission. <laughs> I mean, this is where we are. See, what? and that's the thing. CNN's one of the top three largest news cable news networks in the world. Yeah. Right? And, and, and they do get a lot of people that listen to their fake news and bullshit. Um, the fact of the matter is, and we talk about it all the time, for the uninformed or casual listener or watcher of politics, you know, you could have been at work during the day when they had this press conference at noon mm-hmm. and then get home, wind down, feed the kids, take a shower, and now you're going to cuddle up with some... Uh, Cheap Chuck Wine and, and Anderson Cooper, God forbid, why would you do that? And, and listen to his commentary on it, and all they do is basically break down two little segments of a 90-minute press conference, and basically they're live-streaming shit-posting on CNN. And, and, and what is the uninformed or uneducated political, you know, news watcher get from that? You know, I saw every single, the Drudge Report ran a line the other day. You know, they were talking about the hair. Yes, Rudy had some hair dye running down his face. It was hot in there. He's kind of a rotund man. Well, not only that, but that, that dude, has, his whole political career has been under stress. Right. The, the dude was the mayor during 9-11. The headline Give was. Give him a break. The headline was Guliani. Yeah, and they had a picture of him with his eyes wide open and his, you know, veneer showing and the hair dye running down his face. But it's not. The context of what they're trying to do, and, and and of course they don't they don't put Jenna Ellis on there and saying like, this is a preview of a preview of what we're going to be eventually this presenting. Is, it's in an court. encouragement piece. Like, right, we're on the case. Everyone, chill out. Enjoy Thanksgiving. Stop watching the news. Turn it off. We got it. Yep. Let them do it. There's literally nothing that you and I can do, except for sit back and wait. So, and they know it. Trump. Trump. Trump supporters are dying in regards to, I mean, there's been that Chris Farley and Bill Barr meme going around for like the last two years, for the love of God, please arrest somebody. (laughs) And and now we're getting getting into the same thing in regards to the election and the election results. And, you know, we're we're getting closer and closer to when the um, electoral college meets on December 14th. Yeah. And December 8th is also a stopgap for uh, pre-certification of those votes. And, you know, 75 million people plus want to know what is going on. So, Yeah, and, you know, Giuliani's a man. Like I said, he was the mayor during 9-11. And for CNN, shame on them for coming out and just attacking his, like, could you imagine if Fox News a couple weeks ago before they joined the communist team... If they had just roasted Joe Biden, like not the stupid stuff he says, but the way he looks or his flaws of character as far as his appearance and all that, or if that happened to Obama, it would be an immediate race issue. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's bordering on pathetic, and it's getting worse by the day. It's ridiculous. So, I mean, we just uh, we, we got to hold fast. There's been hold the line. It's it's been a theme going on for for quite some time now, and we we really just need to to get there and do that because yeah. And literally, if you're a listener and you're conservative and you're worried about this, my advice, and I think everyone on this show's advice: enjoy Thanksgiving, enjoy the holidays, go out and celebrate your freedoms, 
and just wait because there's literally like worrying is not going to do anything. Defy all mask mandates and family limitation mandates as well. I'm Mexican Italian. There's no way that I'm going to have less than three families at Thanksgiving. Exactly. I'm Italian, married to a Mexican, so we're going to be pretty much the it's same. It's exactly what I am. So it's, it's there's going to be a thousand people. I technically have one family coming, but three households. Super spreader event. You racist. Yeah, pig. exactly. You, you're, you are contributing to the problem. You're a Nazi. I will be calling. So the ring continued into the weekend, and there was no one who was safe. Uh, Kaylee McEnany gave a COVID update. Bless her heart. Yeah, exactly. Um, one of the shining stars from the Trump administration. And, uh, you know, she gave um, some fun-filled facts on, on, on vaccines and where we're at with that. You can take that vaccine and shove it. I don't care who's building it, what party endorses it. You know what? I might have been a little bit more inclined to take a vaccine if, A, I didn't already have the antibodies because at some point I had COVID, and, B, they didn't wait till literally two days after the election for three different major pharmaceutical companies <laughs> to say that they would be having a vaccine coming out in the next two weeks. Fuck all of them. Yeah. I won't be getting it, neither will my wife and kids. Same. So... As Kaylee wrapped up her press conference, the uh, mainstream media got on top of their soapboxes and, and, and really went the extra mile in regards to uh, being absolute professionals in regards to the press. Here's, uh, here's how her press conference ended. Look, I would say that there are real questions on mass mail-out voting. We have put those questions forward, um, and uh, we've said this for the better part of a year. There was a bipartisan commission uh, that talked about and identified the real potential for fraud uh, with mass mail-in voting. Also, um, something that I would note is just we talked a lot about transfer of power in the election, and it's worth remembering um, that this president was never given an orderly transition of power. Um, his presidency was never accepted. Um, in fact, before uh, the election, his election, we know Crossfire Hurricane was launched by Peter Strzok to pursue a baseless allegations about the president's ties with Russia. Uh, that's before he was president, trying to subvert the will of the American people. We know in August, Peter Strzok wrote a text message about an insurance policy against a Trump presidency, once again trying to silence the voice of the American people. Um, in 2016, we know in October that there was a FISA warrant, a FISA warrant taking that to spy on the Trump campaign, then the American people spoke, and they spoke commandingly in electing President Trump, despite all of the odds. And what happened after he was elected? You had 70 lawmakers say, we're not coming to his inauguration, Democratic lawmakers. You had Elizabeth Warren saying, we're going to attempt to obstruct the Trump transition by urging the Government Accountability Office to investigate uh, the incoming Trump transition. Nice. Um, in January of that year, you had President Obama have a by-the-book meeting where they talked about the Logan Act, using that act to go after Lieutenant General Michael Flynn. Just before the inauguration, you had BuzzFeed promoting and publishing this bogus steel dossier that's been widely debunked. And then for two years, you had the basis Mueller investigation, which searched for collusion, found none, and exonerated President Trump. While in 2016, President Trump became the duly elected president, many sought to undermine him, discredit him, delegitimize him, and deny his victory. There were no calls for unity. There were no calls for healing. So while every legal vote is counted, let us not forget the inexcusable transition or lack thereof that President Trump had to endure in 2016 and four years into his presidency. Thank you, everyone, for the very good and substantive questions today.
there you go. So, so that was that was the start of it. I mean, like I said, she was giving an update on COVID. She obviously had a prepared statement because she knew that they were going to be coming for her. It was following the Trump legal team press conference, and she just was absolutely not fucking having it. Um, She's a beast. Yeah, she is. She really is for for her for her young age, and, and her, you know, lack of experience in regards to everyone else. And the chronological time that they've put in, not only just FaceTime out there in the, in the big girl world, but in, in mainstream politics, she really does hold her own. So, so you know, and, and if you didn't hear that, the last part of that clip, the, the lady that really set her off to read that prepare statement kept trying to get at her when she was walking off the podium. And, and, and Kaylee came back and said, you know what, I'm not calling on activists. And, and, and that girl really started to lose her shit. Now, if, if you thought that that was pretty unprofessional and you know not really in following the format of questions you would ask um, in regards to Operation Warp Speed and the Coronavirus Task Force and the, the uh, vaccines Mike Pence went ahead and also did an update over the weekend and his uh, press conference and even awesomer listen to this one How fucking how fucking terrible is that? That's that's literally right now the press, the White House press corps, some of the highestly vetted journalists, and I'm air quoting here, in the land, sat through Mike Pence talking and then absolutely went epically berserk reeing him as he's walking away. Now, Mike Pence isn't going to come back to the podium and say, you know what, I don't call an activist. And he's not going to have a prepared statement that goes ahead and basically shits on all of them for not keeping the context of what the uh, press conference was for. Mike Pence is a lot more professional than that. But, um, you know, the Trump supporters did, in fact, get the message, and they fucking had it. And over the weekend, they were... uh, in Michigan, where they were trying to get through the uh, certification of the, uh, you know, elector election uh, results there, uh, which I think happened yesterday. But while CNN was about to go to a live feed outside one of the election offices, the uh, Trump supporters who have been there pretty much since the day after the election ended, they've been holding... I mean, you could honestly call them peaceful protests because they're protesting the results of the election and there hasn't been any violence. Aside from <clears throat> Antifa right. coming in and yeah, they're not bulldozing a, They're it. not an over-the-summer, burn-down-your-city, mom-and-pop, you know, July 2020 peaceful protests. They're actual peaceful protests, but... They're they, Nazis. They made sure they Antifa got... Antifa, who ruined it. Right, they got close enough Nazis. to uh, the CNN correspondent to make sure... They let Anderson Cooper know they could put this soundbite on his show. What are they chanting? CNN sucks. 
But if you look at the video, they're doing they're doing an actual live feed. She, she's literally recording. <laughs> Did they address that? That that's going on in the background? Oh yeah, she she said it was hard for her to do an an on location update when there's people oh. acting like. Did you the see the video of all the the uh, Trump supporters outside of Gavin Newsom's house? Yeah, just literally honking their horns for hours. I mean, you, you could have. That is awesome. In, in in 2016, when Donald Trump was originally elected, you you if you told somebody, if you told them anything that was going on this year, but if you told them in four short years there would be massive amounts of Donald Trump, hundreds of Donald Trump supporters campaigning and camped outside of the California governor's mansion for two weeks straight, they would have fucking told you to go fuck yourself. I mean, that's pretty much yeah. fact of the matter. No one would have believed it here in liberal California. It's just, it's hilarious that <clears throat> it's like, hey, we learned this from Antifa. Right. Watch. And um, I could imagine Newsom in his house just freaking out, especially yeah. after his little escapade at the three-star Michelin restaurant where he had a little night off before him shutting down the entire state like an asshole. You know, I want to talk about COVID, but I don't want to talk about COVID. Just know this. All of the rules that are implemented in regards to coronavirus are meant for us. They're not meant for any of the people who tell us about them, any 100%. of the doctors, any of the, you know, Celebrities even. Exactly. Actors guilds, even strip clubs for and, whatever weird reason. And it doesn't even matter. You have Dianne Feinstein, who's 153 years old from California, walking around <laughs> everywhere without a fucking mask on. Beetlejuice in Chicago. Oh, she, she never has a mask She's on. She's hard to look at, man. Right. But then She's you have rough. all the way down to the fit people like Gavin Newsom and, and some other ones. I, I know um, I talked to one of my friends this week. She lives in Illinois, and they've been under restrictive, crappy, kids-at-home mm -hmm. lockdowns since day one. But her governor instituted new Thanksgiving orders, and it, and it pretty much went in uniform with the rest of the liberal douchebag you know, governors from across the country. You can't have more than... You know, three and a half people in your house at once. Actually, not in your house. You guys have to eat outside. No singing, no chanting, no hugging. I always look forward to singing on Thanksgiving. That's one of my favorite pastimes. And then this asshole got on a plane and went from Illinois and took his family to fucking Florida to have Thanksgiving where they have no coronavirus restrictions. <laughs> Checkmate. This is the shit we're living under. It's like the same thing with Gavin Newsom out in California. This guy puts some of the most archaic lockdown institutions... Uh, in effect in California for the Thanksgiving holiday, and then he goes out there and fucking goes to a restaurant where they run up like a $22,000 tab <laughs> with a whole bunch of fucking medical lobbyists who probably told him exactly what to say at his press conference, and then he hopped on a plane and went to Hawaii for Thanksgiving. I <laughs> with, mean, it, With a bunch of other government officials who have also locked down their AORs. And, and they're all... Elbow to elbow, at a table, in a restaurant. And, and you know what? Some of the employees of the restaurant just said, fuck this. They took pictures of them. They took video of them, and they put it all over Twitter. Good for them. Good. So. Yeah. Um, I have three kids. So does that mean, like, someone <laughs> someone has to stay inside while we eat, and we have to, like, cycle through? You're going to have to have rotating eating. <laughs> so, I mean, that's, that pretty much seems like to be the only way you, you're going to be able to get through this. Oh, my gosh. I so. can't. Can you believe that this is the new normal? No. Yes, but no. I mean, we've been in this lockdown jockeying position of purple tier, red tier, purple tier, red tier. We've been at this for what, since March? Yeah, late February, early March. It's going to be a year before we know it. Yep. And I can't, I mean, what the frick? No, it's, it's pretty terrible. <sighs> and, uh, you know. Stupid. Getting back to where we were at. It's like I said, 
us Trump supporters, we're dying. We, we want some crumbs. Crumbs, at least. And, and, and I feel like we got some over the, over the last couple of days in regards to the wheels getting in motion. Um, you know, some things happened over the weekend in regards to uh, Sidney Powell and the Trump legal team. They kind of had uh, some re-clarification of what their, uh, you know, roles are going to be. And it's, and it's basically, like, two-pronged. And, and, and we've already covered it a little bit. The, the Trump campaign legal team, Rudy Giuliani, who's Trump's personal lawyer, Jordan Seculo, uh, Geneva, and Jenna Ellis, amongst others, you know, Pam Bondi and all those other ones, they're going to be hitting up certain states where they feel like they have any kind of traction in regards to constitutional violations. And Sidney Powell is going to be taking her legal group that she works with in a more independent role, not to, you know... Um, be disconnected from the Trump campaign, but uh, to work on a more broad thing. And she wants to mm-hmm. go after the the voting systems, the hardware, the software, the companies, yeah, and, and things of that nature. And there was there was November twenty second, which was two days ago. The Trump campaign they put out a, a a small but clarifying statement on 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 what the situation is with, with the legal team as a, as a whole. Sidney Powell is practicing law on her own. She is not a member of the Trump legal team. She is also not a lawyer for the president in his personal capacity. And that was from Rui Giuliani, Janet Ellis. Um, the fact of the matter is, too, when you go after private companies and employees who work for those companies, you have the ability to, as people who work for those companies, countersue and basically drag into the muck the legal entities that are going after you. Everybody knows that's the way it works. If somebody uh, gets caught doing something wrong, they either say they didn't do it, they didn't mean it, or somebody told me to do it. And then it goes through years of litigation before you reach any kind of real, you know, um, solution on what the original lawsuit is. And getting to the Supreme Court and getting some of these states to either not certify or count their votes or elections as a whole on the state level as invalid are not going to happen by going after Dominion and Smartmatic and all of those other companies, yeah. possibly the hammer and scorecard. Um, so it, it was good for them to go and clarify that and really try to uh, draw a line between which two ways the uh, legal people are going. Um, Jenna Ellis was on Newsmax the other day, and she uh, basically went ahead and clarified this even more. Here we go. We have this. I want to put it up on the screen. Appellant's amended motion for emergency expedited review is granted at the direction of the court. Uh, one more time. Appellant's amendment motion for emergency. All right. Now tell me, tell us what that means, please. <laughs> that means that we are on our way to the Supreme Court. And so the Third Circuit, uh, which is the appellate court, it's the intermediate uh, court between the district, uh, Middle District of Pennsylvania. That judge, of course, gave that uh, very legally inaccurate opinion. Uh, then we appealed. The Third Circuit granted that appeal. They will decide if they want oral argument. And then, of course, whoever loses at that stage, I'm sure, will be appealing up to the Supreme Court. And this is the 14th Amendment argument, I believe, uh, equal protection under the laws, different standards in Philadelphia than, say, in the suburbs of Harrisburg, right? 
Yes, well, I want to be clear that we appealed initially uh, just on the very narrow question of uh, the judge denying our ability to amend our complaint. And even though he put in a bunch of other things that uh, decided on the merits on things, he hasn't even heard any evidence, he hasn't reviewed anything. Uh, this is simply just to ask him, uh, to ask the Third Circuit to say, yes, he should have allowed us to amend our complaint and then we can move forward. So, Jenna, we saw an image a moment ago. We'll put it back up on the screen. Uh, Sydney Powell, we like her around here. Newsmax, Sydney great Powell. attorney, helped out Michael <laughs> Flynn in a big way. General Flynn, over the weekend, we saw that statement from you and Rudy Giuliani, who were standing behind uh, Ms. Powell at that press conference last week, saying she's no longer on the team. Why did you put that out? It seems like, is there a problem or what's going on, please? Yeah, so um, of course, Sydney's been a great friend of mine, um, and ultimately, the legal team was kind of looking at two different directions, um, and like lawyers do, we all discuss the best legal theory uh, to serve the client's best interests, and in this uh, in this particular case, we want to make sure to preserve election integrity. And uh, Sydney is very much focusing on Dominion voting systems, and uh, that's going to be a much longer uh, strategy, and that's going to be something that she's investigating. And right now, where uh, Rudy and I and the other members of the legal team are focused is making uh, these claims looking at the election official fraud. I mean, this is just astonishing, Greg, where you have these election officials that have just completely disregarded election law in their state. You have governors, you have election officials on the ground telling uh, voters that when they come in, like a good, a lot of good Republicans do on election day, they come in and are told, sorry, you already cast a mail-in ballot, so you can't vote. You can only vote provisionally. Uh, that is a two-tiered system of justice. You have these thousands and thousands of ballots, hundreds of thousands of ballots that are being uh, counted in secret. You have naked ballots coming in where there's no uh, security envelope with the ballot. I mean, you have so many different things and instances of voter intimidation. We have thousands of pages of witness affidavits on all of these different issues across six states. We are looking at that issue and focusing on that specifically uh, because we do have a very narrow window here before December 14th, which is when the Electoral College votes, to make sure that we can get uh, this strategy through. I think there are very significant questions on Dominion, why we have 28 states that have their voting systems, and uh, I think that that's something that the legislature should contemplate, and I hope that uh, Sydney is very successful in that work. Okay, so... There you go. So, so, I mean, we basically just kind of covered that, but that was an official, you know, it, it's hard sometimes when they put out like a two sentence statement one day, they really felt like they needed to get onto the airs and clarify that there was, you know, a couple different things going on. And it's like I already explained, like if, you, if they're going to go after a private company and, and, and private citizens, they are liable to be countersued and drag the campaign into, mm -hmm. you know, regular courts when one of the biggest tasks they're trying to do is now, and there is clearly defined examples of it all over the country, like all of the things she just said, in addition to, you know, uh, the voter laws that were changed in, in, for instance, states like Michigan and Pennsylvania leading up to the 2020 election that may have, in fact, violated the Constitution and need to go before the Supreme Court so they can vote on that. I mean, everybody needs to take into account, and, and we've said it on the show before, Al Gore was the president-elect for 37 days before he wasn't. Yeah. And, and there were calls for George Bush to just give it up and pack it in. And, and thank God he had some, some really good lawyers on his team like Gorsuch and Kavanaugh and Amy Comey Barrett. Those names sound familiar. Hmm. Where have we, we heard the them same before? team that's handling this? Uh... Exactly. So, you know, it's one of those things where we just got to continue to hold the line. Hold the line's been the theme. 
and uh, you know, at the end of the day, we're gonna we're gonna be able to get this guy over the finish line. I I, I really feel like we're going to. So, you know, breaking it down on uh, what we have so far, the four big states that we've been talking about for the last several weeks: Pennsylvania, Michigan, Georgia, Wisconsin. We got a lot of stuff going on there uh, in Pennsylvania. Uh, some of the things that they're trying to challenge in court and at the constitutional level is obviously no Republican observers uh, during the night of the election. And that was within six feet, 15 feet, 100 feet. They boarded up some of the windows and wouldn't let Republican observers in. Uh, there are huge voter, huge voter rolls, discrepancies um, in Pennsylvania. And what that means is the actual amount of registered voters um, contrast to what the actual amount of people who voted was. There was more people who voted than are on some of the voter rolls. And you would have to think historically, those rolls change over time. Like we've pointed out, you know, people move. Uh, there's 12 million more voters now than there was in 2008 when Barack Obama ran the first time. However, it's funny how in only these four states, you could start to include Arizona and Nevada in there as well with the you know, fair weather voters, people who live in California and, and states along that nature who vacation or have second homes in Nevada and Arizona who vote in their own state and then have a permanent residence in another state and are registered through the DMV and maybe through the uh, Office of Elections in, in, in the state where they have a second home and they, they cross and in this election maybe have voted. Mm -hmm. um, you have... Uh, mail-in and absentee ballots separated from the envelopes and discarded. So like Jenna Ellis pointed out, you can't check any of the, uh, compare the signatures, you can't see the security features. Um, and that's going on in all the states. The, the ballots being separated is something that's, that's widespread in their, they're alleging in, in, in all of the states. But that's pretty much Pennsylvania there. Um, in Michigan, Wayne County, uh, they had that thing last week where the lowest level of states of certifying the vote in Wayne County, which is Detroit's county, um, they first they couldn't vote, and then the Democrats on the side of the state legislative uh, house went online, went outside to their protesters, and said you know, it was it was it was a body of four people, two Democrat, two Republican, and the Democrats basically said like. You know, the two Republicans don't want to vote to certify your local elections. They are disenfranchising all of your votes and throwing them out. They're, <laughs> they're contesting all of them, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of votes. And those people took to the airwaves. They doxed the two Republican um, local level seats. They were telling people on Facebook Live where their children went to school, Jeez. where they worked in, in um, their day jobs and stuff like that. So then... What happened was they went and had another vote, and through fear, they, they certified the vote for nothing. Uh, the next day, the two Republicans from, from that branch went to court and filed complaints that they were doxxed and bullied into completing those, you know, uh, in, in, they were bullied into certifying that vote, and they wanted to rescind their vote. So that vote was contested for a minute, however... There's no articles in that state's constitution that says once you certify a vote, you can uncertain or certify it because you were bullied or for, for any reason mm -hmm. whatsoever. So it went on to the next level. And at the next level, it was also two and two, two Republican, two Democrat. However, there was a rhino who sits on that board 
And right before he went and voted for 3-1 in favor of the Democrats, he screenshotted and retweeted a picture of Melania Trump receiving the White House Christmas tree and captioned it with Merry fucking Christmas and added her. So, and that's that's a Republican lawmaker in in, in Michigan. Jeez. So yeah, so, so so that's what that's what we're dealing with there. And I mean, John James has said don't certify it due to all the inconsistencies we've already outlined in Pennsylvania, the same ones at parallel in Michigan. Um, this is confirmed. Seventy-two percent of all uh, absentee and mail-in voter rolls don't match in any of the counties across the board in Michigan. And when this was brought up as a huge issue in the 2018 midterm elections, you know, the Democrats who were winning state and local seats said, well, that's something that happens in all elections and and we've never fixed it. So why fix it now? However, it's never been challenged in such a way to where it might go to Supreme Court, at which point you might see. And and that's the thing. Uh, Michigan's kind of a it's kind of a uh, targeted attack because what they want to do there is. uh, you know, get those voter rolls and stuff matched up and, and, and really start to look into that mm-hmm. so they can um, go ahead and, and get some of those votes out of there because it's just it's just widespread. Georgia, we've already covered. Kemp and Raffensperger have done nothing for the Trump campaign. Um, the governor there, Kemp, would not exist without Donald Trump. Donald Trump campaigned hard for him. And whenever he campaigned in Georgia, he brought that guy up on stage and talked about the good job he was doing and all the things. He turned his back on him. And he just turned his back on him. And we, d- we don't know why, up until this point, Lynn Wood, who's another independent lawyer working for the Trump campaign, did, did release some pretty damning evidence, like Sidney Powell. Sidney Powell. Sidney Powell. Level evidence over the last 24 hours, and we'll talk about that. We can talk about it now. And uh, I guess just as a uh, symbolic thing, Governor Kemp has talked about maybe a more intrusive audit but it still won't go and you know really look at breaking down those those ballots and those envelopes and stuff uh and comparing the rolls and the signatures which is what we need them to do for them to be able to get votes out of there so lynn wood over the last 24 hours was talking about and he's really um hunkered down on georgia for some reason i i don't know why but he put out a tweet yesterday that basically said, um, and he added the state, the Secretary of State, Brad Raffensperger, and asked him if he had saw the video from the stadium where they supposedly on the night of the election. Now, remember, we talked about this. Let's backtrack for a second. Night of the election in Pennsylvania, Michigan, Georgia, Wisconsin. Uh, we got Milwaukee, Atlanta, um, What's this, what's in Michigan? Detroit. Detroit. And Philadelphia. At some point on election night, Donald Trump, insurmountable leads, seemingly. When everyone went to bed. When everyone went to bed. Mm-hmm. For some reason, they stopped counting in all four of those places randomly. Now, Sidney Powell has outlined that Donald Trump was receiving so many votes that she broke the algorithm to swing the election in favor of Joe Biden with the um, software that was being used in the Dominion mm-hmm. voting systems. Yep. That has not yet been proven, but it's it makes sense. Well, and, and why would she... That's a pretty detailed lie to come up with. Yeah. Like, you don't just come out of that, come up with that out of your ass. You so... Know? And back to Giuliani's point, they're not going to show all their cards because this still has to go to court. Right. 
Well, Lynn Wood started tweeting yesterday things along the lines of, and I'm trying to find his tweets, but he he shit posts a lot for an older guy. Remember, Lynn Wood is the attorney who helped uh, exonerate the Atlanta bomber Richard Jewell mm-hmm. when the FBI and CIA tried to frame him. Um, and he's working on the Kyle Rittenhouse case right now. So he put out a tweet that basically asked the Secretary of State in Georgia if he's seen the video and he quoted from the water main pipe break on the night of the election. That supposedly stopped counts in, was it, what city in Georgia was that? Atlanta. It was Atlanta. And he said, you do know you can't bleach bit video. And then over the course of the next 24 hours, yeah. he's been putting up tweets that, like, is a mock conversation between the Secretary of State and Hillary Clinton. Like, hey, can you bleach bit video? And she's like, well, smashing it with a hammer works better. And just kind of shitposting him. And it's like saying the, the truth will come out. And then he's been posting these things of, of shredding companies. Uh, over and over and over again saying ballot destruction today in Cobb County, Georgia. They have been caught across America. They are trying to destroy evidence before we can get to the Supreme Court. At real Donald Trump, one historic landslide. He is our president. Listen to him and fight back. Um, and, and, he, and he's been saying it over and over and over again for like the last 24 hours. Uh, he's saying that Susan Knox, I'm not sure who she is, but that she's an American hero for, for coming coming through i guess she might be one of the uh she a whistleblower yeah she's a whistleblower and uh i'm gonna read this press release from one of the companies alleged and this is a1 shredding and recycling out of atlanta georgia a1 shredding and recycling inc is family owned and operated company that has served georgia for over a decade on friday november 20th 2020 we became aware of a social media post regarding paper being shredded at jim miller park Given the confidential nature of the documents that are provided, we do not inspect, nor do we have any knowledge of the contents of the material that we are asked to pick up for our customers. Cobb County Elections released a statement yesterday detailing the contents of what was shredded at Jim Miller Park on the morning of November 20th. Unfortunately, as a result of the pickup materials, we have been placed in the middle of a situation that we have no desire to be in for simply doing our job since that time. Through rumor, innuendo, and conjuncture, the situation has circulated on social media and casting all of its employees in a bad life, bad light. Um, goes on, we have contacted the, the Georgia Secretary of State Division of Elections to discuss the matter as well as the FBI. Now, here's the thing. If they weren't shredding evidence, right, why wouldn't they just go to the cops? Why would a local shred company in rural Georgia be contacting the state secretary and the FBI because people made fun of them on Facebook? Yeah. Right. And um, they wouldn't. Exactly. And they're just, you know, it's, it's gotten to the point right now to where he's making some huge, huge allegations. Um, he's also saying that the, uh, that the uh, Secretary of State from Georgia received a $10 million grant uh, to use certain hardwares and, and, and softwares during the election. You can only imagine who those are. It's Dominion, by the way. It's always Dominion. Hmm. Um, oh, here's, here's that shit posting one from... So he, he, he asked Hillary Clinton and, and the Georgia Secretary of State, and it said, overheard it at an Atlanta cafe tonight. Brad, and that's Brad Raffelsberger, the Secretary of State from Georgia. Does bleach bit work on videotapes? Hillary, referring to Hillary Clinton. Not as well as a hammer. Brad, any other way to destroy evidence? Hillary, if I had been in Nixon's shoes, I would have burned the fucking tapes. And then he spelled out with a dash in between F-E-L-O-N-Y, felony. And yeah, 
He's already got some subpoenas going, um, demanding. We're in good hands. Yeah, that's the thing. Georgia. <clears throat> I mean, Sydney Powell said she was going to blow it up first, and uh, she that the the lawsuits they would be filing there are going to be biblical. I think she stated, and um, that kind of gives me hard PP. Yeah, I was going to say that's an epic like so, way to spell it out. Yeah, and uh, I guess we could move on to Wisconsin. I mean. Nobody wants to talk about Wisconsin now that we got such hard PP for Georgia. <laughs> but uh, they're doing a $4 million recount in Wisconsin right now, and it's going to be in the two biggest counties. And the strategy here is to recount and audit the ballots in Wisconsin to exclude the ones, could be for Trump, could be for Biden, that are in violation of the Constitution. We already talked about that. The backdating, mm-hmm. uh, collecting ballots after 8 p.m. on November 3rd. Correct. Uh, no signature verification, blank down ballot, and this, that, and the other thing. So if he can negate by just doing a targeted recount votes in those two counties, it might be enough to swing the election total in regards to votes in Wisconsin in favor of the Trump campaign. It's a numbers game to maximize the the votes for for Donald Trump. Observers still can't see the recounts there. Uh, Ballot envelopes there have been separated and or discarded and destroyed. And... um, one of the things that didn't really happen in a lot of the other states that's being uh, alleged in Wisconsin is there's video and witness affidavit signed that Democratic staffers at the voting centers were able to complete incomplete ballots. Mm-hmm. So, Fill them in as they go. Yeah. Which is wrong as crap. And, and I think during the recount right now... That's going to kind of hurt because there's been a lot of accusation of no down ballot voting. And there's been a lot of Republicans who have come out over the last couple of days and said, you want to know what doesn't fucking make sense? How can there be a blue wave coming? And all these people in all these different spa- states, but especially the swing states and especially those four states who we on this show have talked about for the last couple of weeks, mm-hmm. only vote Republican all the way down the ballot and then say, you want to know what? Biden. I'm satisfied. I'm going to vote fucking Joe Biden. It's, it makes it's, no it sense. It would never make sense in any in any election. It just it, it that itself would be enough to warrant an investigation. And, and the other side of that coin is why would there be so many ballots? And there's been accusations of thousands of ballots brought in at a time that just have Joe Biden for president with nothing else and nothing else on clean, pristine, unfolded, what seemingly could be unmailed ballots. Huh? <laughs> the music's starting to play in the background. I know. Huh? Put a jacket on. Put a jacket on. So I think right now we're, we're, we're pretty much there where we need to be. I mean, we're heading into the Thanksgiving holiday. We have hope. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I was never really out of hope, but I feel like... Right now, we're at a point where we were getting nothing. I, I felt like, even though I, I felt like we were left in the dust, mm-hmm. and until that, in reality, until Giuliani sweated his hair dye out, um, which was epic. It was pretty epic. <laughs> I, you know, Giuliani's probably. I'm fucking so done with the mainstream media. It's ridiculous. Especially Matt, Matt, from, Matt Drudge, you're a piece of shit. Especially coming from Anderson Cooper, it's like if you want to start a roast session, Anderson Cooper is probably the last guy who wants to get roasted by people on the right because they'll let him have it. Yep. So to roast the guy who literally captained this country, I mean, he was almost more important during 9/11 than the president. Yeah. Because everyone was looking at him. He he. Literally bled 
his heart and soul into that city when that happened. Yeah, and he, he hasn't stopped fighting for this country. He hasn't stopped being a great patriot. And, and that was after he took down the entire mafia. The yeah. entire mafia. Literally. He's so, a savage. He's, a, he's an American hero. And, and but like he's I like, said... He's like a Donald Trump. His yeah. presentation is always not He's perfect. from New York. Right. He's from Brooklyn. I mean, he doesn't care. He, he doesn't care about the presentation. He cares about the context. And that's what Donald Trump always says, you know. Yeah. And, and one of his most famous lines, they don't... They don't hate me because they hate me. They hate me because they hate you, right? That's yep, it's, exactly. It's, just, it's, it's true. And, and you could just see, like, I mean, yes, we we'd victory danced a little bit in 2016 because we literally stopped the end of the republic with, if Hillary Clinton would have been president, uh, there would probably be no America. I mean, coronavirus would be so diet coke compared to what she would have fucking brought on this country. Oh, for sure. And, and, and she probably would have got reelected if this voter fraud, like... The way that the country would have snowballed into voter fraud, it would have been, it would have been eight years of her. I have an excellent fucking reference for that. Good oh job, my Nick. Goodness. I always love when you guys tie this show together. I'm going to read you an excerpt from an article right now. I'm not going to tell you when the article's from, and I'm not going to tell you um, who this article references. Okay. Do but, I get but, to guess? You can. Um, so, academics presented findings that showed in Wisconsin, blank received 7% fewer votes in counties that relied on electronic voting machines compared with counties that used optical scanners and paper ballots. Based on this statistical analysis, blank may have, have been denied as many as 30,000 votes when they lost Wisconsin by 27,000. Who the fuck are we talking about? I don't know. We're, we're not talking about Donald Trump, even though it sounds just like what the Trump campaign is alleging right now. This article is actually from 2016, and it references, here's the title, Experts Urge Clinton Campaign to Challenge Election Results in Three <laughs> Swing States After Conflicts with Electronic Voting Machines. Here's the thing. Over the weekend, Sidney Powell made an allegation that Hillary Clinton stole the election from Bernie Sanders at the primary level back in 2016 by using these machines. From Bernie? From Bernie. And then Bernie just took his fucking money and walked. Okay? Again. Again. No, this is back in 2016. Yeah, again. So, so then Just in general. Donald Trump was favored to lose by nearly 90 points going into the election, so I can only imagine if there was any kind of a computer algorithm set into these electronic voter machines, it wouldn't be as massive or as close as it needed to be now with fucking shitty Joe Biden. Yeah. That's Hillary, a good point. Hillary Clinton lost... By getting a dose of the own poison she used to get <laughs> to be the Democratic primary back in 2016, and she said nothing because what would it have done? It would have it would have warranted an investigation, and the true colors would have come out. Yep, all the way back then. So, I mean, if you would read that article just then, you would think that that's a Fox News. You would think it's a Breitbart, a Newsmax, or a One America article in 2020, and the article is actually about Hillary Clinton and the 2016 election. So, yeah, I mean, it, we've got our crumbs going into Thanksgiving, and for that, I'm thankful. Yep. I mean, I guess the only other couple big pieces of news we got um, that kind of go in the favor of the way that this talk show pr perceives its politics is, uh, we touched on a little bit, November 20th, 2020, they announced the official reshuffling of the SCOTUSes, the Supreme Court justices, Mm -hmm. And where they would be sent out in regards to uh, the courts of appeals, the, the different circuits. And it's looking pretty good in our favor. As of November 20th, 2020, 
Kavanaugh is going to be on the Sixth Circuit, which is Michigan. Good. So they called him a uh, serial gang rapist. How unfortunate. (laughs) Amy Comey Barrett, uh, she'll be on the Seventh Circuit in Wisconsin. Justice Alito, who already issued some some stays from the bench in Pennsylvania, will remain in the Third Circuit and Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. Uh, Clarence Thomas, who was also called a uh, a rapist and a super predator. Wrong. (laughs) He he is neither. (laughs) Will be on the Eleventh Circuit and be in Georgia. Uh, Justice Roberts, who you could either get a vote from him or not get a vote or not get a vote from him. He's going to be in Virginia, and then Gorsuch is going to be in 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 the Tenth Circuit, and that's going to be in Colorado. So. I really think if we can get to the Supreme Court and, and we have at least four out of six of those justices who are constitutionalists who are going to literally mm-hmm. read what the complaint is and then go back and look at the Constitution if it violated the Constitution. It's black or white, yeah. So you're talking about four. You need five votes out of that. You're hoping that you know somebody else decides to be a patriot for once in their lives. And not bring in their personal agenda into the Supreme Court. Which always seems to be the case when it's Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the last little thing is, and this is kind of breaking news, which is not normal for this show. The Trump campaign issued a uh, statement today, November 24th, 2020, right before the show aired. And uh, it kind of ties everything together that we've been talking about. And that's the best part about this getting released, because usually we'd have to wait a whole other week and then mm-hmm. be behind the news cycle before we bring you back to where we are at the end of our show every week, Correct. which is current time. We're like a time-traveling show. Um, Pennsylvania, Arizona, and Michigan legislators to hold public hearings on the 2020 election. And I'm, and I'm going to read it because it's, it, it's literally breaking news. It's going to be on the news cycles tonight. By the time you hear it on this podcast, it will have gone around, you know, the cable news networks, but in the podcast community, we're, we're revolutionizing the, uh, the news. Mayor Giuliani, it's in everyone's interest to have a full vetting of election irregularities and fraud. Donald J. Trump for President Campaign legal team today announced that the state legislators in Pennsylvania, Arizona, and Michigan will hold public hearings on the election beginning tomorrow and next week in an effort to provide confidence that all of the legal votes have been counted and the illegal votes have not been counted in the November 3rd election. The first hearing held by the Pennsylvania State Senate will be conducted tomorrow, Wednesday, November 25th, in Gettysburg, PA, where each participating senator will give a five-minute opening statement followed by testimonies from witnesses who have filed affidavits attesting to the 2020 election fraud. How, how are you going to be able to fucking ignore that? Tomorrow's hearing will also feature a presentation from former New York City mayor and everyone's favorite mayor, personal, personal attorney to the president, Mr. Giuliani. Mr. Sweat through his hair dye. That's it. Giuliani. (laughs) (laughs) On Monday, November 30th, Arizona legislator will hold their own hearing, followed by the Michigan legislator holding their own hearing on Tuesday, December 1st. Details for both hearings are still to follow. And now I'm quoting. It's in everyone's interest to have a full vetting of the election irregularities and fraud, said Mayor Giuliani. And And the only way to do away with this is public hearings complete with witnesses, videos, pictures, and any other evidence of illegals, irregularities from the (laughs) November 3rd election. Now I'm sounding like Rudy Giuliani. (laughs) We are pleased that the state legislators in Pennsylvania, Arizona, and Michigan will be convening to hearings to examine these, to examine the November 3rd presidential election, added Trump campaign senior legal advisor and personal attorney to the president, Jen Ellis. There were serious irregularities and we have proof of fraud in a number of states. It's important for all Americans to have faith in our electoral process. We have wanted from the outset to count every legal vote 
and discount every illegal vote. That's the thing right there. Boom. State legislators are uniquely qualified and positioned to hold hearings on elections and irregularities and fraud before electors are chosen. As established, Article 2, Section 1.2 of the U.S. Constitution, state legislators have the sole authority to select their representatives to the Electoral College, providing critical safeguard against voter fraud and election manipulation. Now, here's the thing. What did they say? Michigan, Arizona, and what's the other one? Uh, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. We talked about this for like the last, I think, three weeks now. The goal is no longer, because we're never going to be able to tell no. the vote totals in the popular vote. It's been so muddied that there's no way to get an accurate number. Right now, the only goal is to get Joe Biden under 270, because then we mm-hmm. get to the contingent election where it's voted on in the House, and every state, regardless of how many delegates you have, will only have one vote. Good. The vote in the House of Representatives right now stands 29 Republican, 22 Democrat. Boom. You get Joe Biden under 270. Then that's it. And it's not you get Joe Biden under 270 because you don't like him. It's not that you get Joe Biden under 270 because he fucking didn't campaign. He picked a shitty vice president. And he literally did nothing for himself and offers nothing to the American people. He didn't give one policy, you know, point the entire time of his campaign or lack thereof. No. It's not because of that. If you can get Joe Biden under 270 because there was fraud done during the 2020 election then it's a slam dunk Donald Trump wins a second and we don't have to be ruled by some dementia ridden dude held hostage by a crazy psycho woman which will eventually be Kamala Harris who yeah I'd I'd like to emphasize that fraud part where we're not talking about like other people taking someone else's ballot and voting for them that's fraud they're doing it but we're also talking about votes that are coming in after the day of election just like in Michigan, where they ruled that any ballot that came in after, what was it, like 8 p.m. or 6 p.m., whenever the voting time was supposed to end, any ballots that came in afterwards are not supposed to be counted, but you, they were. You know there's still some states right now where they're accepting ballots still to this day and adding to the vote totals? And it was all done in the last in, in the last two years where, where the state legislative tried to put a stopgap in there to where, you know, if, if we're not going to have voter ID, and even before they might have known a pandemic was coming— we're, we're still going to make it to where we have an additional stopgap in there to uh, stop Donald Trump from winning re-election. And, and the way they really changed that up violated so many different parts of the state constitution at the Pennsylvania level. Um, you know, there, that I think it's going to have a lot of—it's uh, going to be—and here's the thing. I was listening to somebody talk about it on the radio yesterday. I can't remember whose podcast I was listening to. It might have been Tim Pool, and he made a really good reference— because he was talking about having it both ways. You can't prove that there's systematic voter fraud because at the same time, you're not going to find a judge who's going to throw out possibly hundreds of thousands of ballots. Well, you can't have it both ways. If there is systematic voter fraud or if there's any kind of like widespread fraud or targeted fraud at all, you got to look at the point of that those ballots do need to get thrown out. But they were saying like figuratively, good luck finding a judge that's going to take hundreds of thousands of U.S. citizens democratically elected votes and just throw them out. It'd be suicide. It would. But you want to know what? There was a couple hundred thousand votes that got thrown out in in Florida in 2000, and guess what? George W. Bush. Yeah, we didn't have to hear about climate change for four years. Or who invented the internet. (laughs) That guy was crazy. Still is. I know, but he's kind of, I mean, there's so many crazy politicians that we don't hear too much about him anymore. As far as like, he's not on the news every night, but could you imagine <laughs> that dude ran our country? I don't, 
Well, I mean, when you look at the way some Good of these Lord. other morons over the last 20 years have run our country, they haven't done a lot better. Correct. So, he would have just got all the hippies excited about yeah, climate just, change. Just remember, if you're a Trump supporter and, and you're out there fighting, you really got to uh, go out there and hold the line. Don't do anything except hold the line. And go out and enjoy yourself. Yeah. Have Thanksgiving. Have people over. Look, here's here's one of my things. If we're going to we'll bridge this gap into, into <clears throat> how we're going to handle this week, right, with Thanksgiving. You think about if the media, don't touch that, if the media had never told you about coronavirus, would you know that it's out there? No, it would be the flu. And guess what? Worldwide flu cases are at an all-time low this year. No. Imagine that. Quite frankly, what? You are fake news. Donald Trump retweeted Randy Quaid today. Randy Quaid? Yeah. The actor? Yeah. What did Randy Quaid say? I got, I got, I got to roll out. Hey, Dakota, okay. thanks for joining us. Peace out. All right. Here, here, here. Thank you. Next week, I should be able to, be able to come in person. Good. Oh, it won't already. sound like you're uh, Darth Vader. streaming live from fucking Kabul. <laughs> from Thailand. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. We'll see you. Bye. Randy Quaid had this whole... He's just been shit posting about Fox News on Twitter. Wait, who's Randy Quaid? He's the actor from... He is an actor. He's Uncle Eddie from... Oh, Christmas Vacation. And he's also the drunk pilot from Independence Day. And he was in Kingpin. Yes. And, and he, he's a great guy. He's, he's a patriot. A little crazy. You know, kind of a, kind of a borderline... I feel like his citizen. the roles he plays are probably not far from his personality. No, and, and, and when you see the delicious beard he, he currently has, um, yeah, it's just... Uh, he's conservative? Yeah. So That's probably why he hasn't gotten work in like 20 years. Here's a picture of him now. Oh, yeah. he looks like uh, someone... You wouldn't let your kids around. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to say it, but I'll say it. So, yeah, Donald Trump retweeted him today. Listen to this. Ratings have completely collapsed. Weekend daytime, even worse. He's referring to Fox News. Very sad to watch this happen. <laughs> <laughs> so creepy. They forgot what made them successful. <laughs> what got them there? I think that's gonna give you nightmares. They forgot the golden goose. <laughs> the only difference between the 2016 election and 2020 is Fox News. <laughs> True fucking story. So thank you to Randy Quaid. I also want to thank Tom Pappert. He uh, has been doing a lot of great online reporting. He's an epic shit poster and an even better journalist. And he was the one that broke that story for me on, uh, you know, the uh, Trump campaign uh, announcement this afternoon about the uh, state state litigations and basically tribunals. Oh, fun fact. Speaking of tribunals, do you know Sidney Powell? Sydney Powell. She is a uh, registered military attorney, which means she can work tribunals. She can um, double dip. Yeah, she can double dip. So I, hmm. I heard that Gitmo is lovely this time of year. Ooh, I heard the burritos they serve there. Yeah, I'm thinking about referencing <laughs> the people who are subverting <laughs> our country by stealing a democratically 
uh, ran election is I think that's the best way we could pretty much end this show. Filling rooms at Gidmo uh, on Thanksgiving week. Yeah, I, I couldn't think of a better way to end America. this podcast today. Oh, so. last before we before we stop, Kyle Rittenhouse. Do you have any updates on him? I don't. I just know that he received bail. Uh, I know that uh, there was a couple people who came and stepped in for him. Uh, my pillow guy. We don't plug my pillow or get anything from them. However, we would. We would love to. I use them. And, Do you? And, and I love them. I actually don't sleep with a pillow. I sleep like a serial killer. Here's the thing. My pillow medium and whatever above medium is, it's not large, but it's like maybe max are amazing. <laughs> Average. Yeah. My pillow small is shite. It yeah. literally is. It's like a, a, a half sack of laundry. See, I don't even use a pillow when I sleep. I'm weird. Really? No. I, 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 I have back problems. I sleep I gotta be, like a serial killer. I, I got to be propped up a little bit. Um, But yeah, that, that's what's going on with him. He's going to be home for Thanksgiving. He, he got out on social media. Good, man. He thanked Ricky Schroeder and, uh, you know, the MyPillow guy for, for, for helping bail out. Bail him out, and then, and then he went out and said that he used his stimulus package to buy an, an AR. Did he really? He did. That's amazing. So, so here's part of the... I love the community of conservatives because when you when you think about this my pillow guy he's never his commercials aren't pro Trump pro second amendment you know he used his wealth personal money to bail a kid out who will, everyone on this show who will ever come on the show will tell you their side he's innocent self defense which is proven with the, with the threat of murder exactly and he and the guys he shot at and the one he murdered Sex someone died, but the world's not going to miss people like that. No. Child molesters and, and, and things of that nature. So, um, I mean, shout out to those guys because a community of conservatism, like, there's issues in this country, but to see people that have wealth and celebrities kind of come together for a conservative case for once is awesome to see. It's it's uh, really cool. And I know, did you hear the whole drama with Black Rifle Coffee and, and these guys? Yeah, fuck them. Well, did you see the thing they came out with? It was interesting. Did you see what uh, the owner put out? The on statement his... on Kyle Rittenhouse? Mm -hmm. I did. You didn't like it? No. What did, what did you think about it before we close? I, I just think we're in such a cancel culture right now. You, you, you as a man or a woman, a society, and even a generation. Are you saying there's only two genders? How yes. How dare you? No, here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. We live in an a, a day and age where if you say something that doesn't necessarily go with the narrative, then you have, you live under threat of being canceled. And that's sure. like at home, in the workplace, you know, anywhere. And, and the fact of the matter is, is that you've seen it on social media. Uh, it started with fact checking and now they're just basically just erasing people from online. And, and, you know, they're, they're saying that, uh, if your opinion doesn't match the, the corporate norm or, or, or the globalist narrative, then, then yeah, you're fucking done. And, and, and we as Americans, we, we have to push back on that a little bit. I mean, it's okay to be appropriate. And we've, we have talked about this too. Garbage people don't deserve good things in life. If you sure. are blatantly racist, like racist, misogynist, whatever, biased. You're a piece of shit. Yeah, and, and you shouldn't have normal things because that's not normal way to be but the fact of the matter is is that you could still hold opinions on certain things and, and it not necessarily be the the corporate standard and 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 not be canceled for it yeah so and 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 to be clear like this is going to sound off but in this country 
You have a right to be racist. You son of a bitch. I'm clutching my pearls. <laughs> it doesn't mean that we support that. I would never get in bed with a racist and support that. What I'm saying is that the First Amendment should have no limitations. Should you be able to say racist stuff online? Sure. Should you? No. no. It shows your true colors. Right. It means you're a garbage you're, person. And you're a garbage person. But when we limit free speech and companies get in trouble because then they have to buy into this agenda, like you were saying, where everybody else is procuring the same agenda, it gets into a sticky situation where you can't say what you believe because you get canceled. Right. Where can you listen to our podcast online? Spotify, iTunes, and Steak for Breakfast, search it. Search it in the search bar. On Instagram, you could find us at Steak for Breakfast Podcast. On Parlor, you can find me at Roan, R-O-N-E, Torres, T-O-R-R-E-S-7-7. And what about you? On uh, Parlor, I'm Nick Pern, N-I-C-P-E-R-N. You got to help me because I only have five followers. I, I have a lot more, and there's a lot of shit posting going on. So if, if you like memes and, and you're conservative, those two kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. But uh, so let me put it to you this way. If you're normal... Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Parlor. Listen to the show. Give us some likes. We'll and also spread the word. Spread the word. Because so. um, and and the reason we try to get sponsors is so to I help our listeners kind of cash in on the things that we enjoy. So we're not getting anything from Stay Ready Gear and the other sponsors. We get what we're we're trying to work deals out in the early um, genesis of this show. Not to we benefit, but. To benefit the community of people that are pro Second Amendment, people that are pro life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. Family. So that's why we're trying to get. We're trying to kind and pro of Trump, pro Trump. Yeah, that's a big one. Um, we're trying to grow this community and you know support local business, support people that products that we use. We'll never endorse something that we don't use that we don't believe in. Pro law enforcement. Pro law enforcement. Pro military. Um, pro guns. Pro kid. Pro kids and dogs. Yeah, exactly. There pro we go. beer. It, it, yeah, pro beer for sure. It, it wouldn't be a show if we didn't have a kid, dog, or both weighing in. Yeah, and a bunch of crows. I don't know if anyone caught that, but there's a lot of a couple crows. airplanes. Yeah. We'll so, have a, we'll um, have a studio someday. Um, we're done, but enjoy your Thanksgiving. Go out, party, have fun. Um, and with that, we have one last message. Quite frankly, watching Donnie beat Nazis to death is close. We ever get to go in the movies.